Welcome to the Tac Talks podcast. I'm joined today by Martin Woodford from Beauty Bay. Hi, Martin. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, look, just to, I guess, kick us off um, for people that you know perhaps don't know who you are, could you run us through your background? And Yeah, sure. So, I've been in technology for 20 years now. Yeah, a long time, long time. So, uh, started off in retail banking, um, did lots of sort of... The way I like to describe it is I've done a lot of uh, all the jobs in tech. So I started in testing, did automated testing, tried my hand at development, realized I wasn't really a developer, uh, but really could um, sort of understand how the development process should work and then solutionize and sort of progress from there and then sort of moved into a product based role as well. So kind of got that string to my bow as well. Uh, And then obviously now with Beauty Bay, uh, I'm heading up the engineering team there. So uh, lots and lots of variation in um my career um which kind of sets me up pretty well for um leading teams and sort of progressing with teams so because i appreciate where they're coming from as well yeah i bet yeah because you, you get a lot of people who come from like an engineering background perhaps that don't understand how the qas work or the value of you know testing and whatever it might be so that's yeah okay that makes sense that makes sense so you work for a bank i didn't realize you work for a bank yeah started in banking so alliance and leicester for eight years or so wow. uh, before they got took over by santander yeah. spent a year in insurance and then did some more uh, print on demand with sort of format cards when, when I first moved up to Leeds. So uh, originally from down south and moved up, up north um, sort of 10 years ago. Um, spent a bit of time working for Republic as well on their e-commerce operation cool. kind of thing as, as they sort of really evolved and, and, and grew uh, and then sort of moved to Walmart as well. So big corps, smaller uh, thing, uh, smaller sites, businesses as well. Uh, and then sp- spent the last six years um, working for a company called Blue Tree, um, heading up their sort of technology team um, and really sort of running their websites. So uh, a couple of websites and sort of the, the evolution of their agile ways of working and things like that. Um, and now, yeah, about to start Beauty Bay. Awesome. Have you always been interested in make- makeup or has it been a recent? Oh, it's definitely a recent thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, good on you, mate. Beauty Bay, awesome company. Um Always, always hired really, really good people. You actually haven't started yet, have you? As, as, at the timing of this podcast, you haven't started. What are you being brought on to do? So a um, whole host of things, really. Um, kind of, there's a big uh, focus on sort of building the platform. Um, so, so we've got a, a team dedicated for platform development now. Um, then really trying to make the team much more um, sort of product and deli- product delivery um, focused. So. Um, you know, really focusing on the ROI and things, pushing sort of that MVP and the way I like to describe that MVP piece is value. So where actually we're giving customers value um, and really just taking it to that next level and, and sort of evolving what's already been in there. You know, I, you know, having not started, I don't know what's there, but, you know, sure. obviously um, coming in, I'm going to have fresh ideas and new ways of working and, and, and things. Um, but it's going to be an evolution of what's already there because I'm sure the, the guys that are already in situ will have will have got us to a place where, you know, they've, they've grown big. Yeah. It's kind of how do we get to that next level scale and make sure that we're, we're, we're set to go. Um, I've already seen the, the plan for, you know, the technology roadmap, which is only six months old, but we're already reviewing that because of the way that technology is moving forward and fast so quickly. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, six, what we decided, what was decided six months ago is still where, where, where we want to be now. Why Beauty Bay, and they've always been growing, but why are they all of a sudden just start, started going mental? I guess there's a number of factors. I, I guess COVID helped. Which Did is, it? Why? Oh, because people were just buying online. Because yeah. people were at home buying online, you know, um, 
people moved that way and shopping people had spare you know spare money where they would sure. where they were actually focused on you know treating themselves uh, if you like and really and really moving forward um and yeah that's kind of one of the big things so we outgrew where we wanted to be last year uh, and now it's making sure that we continue that growth and pushing forward this year um with you know with the reopening of the high street because obviously that brings new risk to the business and then that's what's fuel because how the company the minute it's it's not massive is it is it is it big is it a big company i'd say it's sort of a mid-sized company so uh, um there's a few hundred people there that, that work there uh, across you know fulfillment etc and the rest of it um you know i think the turnover was over 100 million last year so um a de- decent sized business in terms of um turnover and, w- and where they're going um and yeah, it's really just trying to push on and, you know, explore what's next, you know, with things like international and how, how that can be uh, improved on and, and really scaled out as well. Awesome. So the plan is to is to move in, internationally? There is definite um, areas of growth where, where we can focus in, in terms of the international marketplace. Um, you know, the US is a big, big opportunity. Um, and that's kind of where probably a lot of the focus will be, um, as well as obviously continuing to grow um, the UK and then the European operation. Amazing, fantastic stuff. And and how are they set up at Beauty Bay within the tech team? Is it multidisciplinary teams or is it? Yeah, very much so. So, um, as my understanding, we've we've got um, sort of three teams in, in, in sort of in, in progress. We have a mobile um, app development team, you know, very much focused on uh, bringing it that in house. So we were working with a partner, uh, but now bringing that in and really, you know, taking that to the next level because uh, previously it was kind of lacking behind where the website was. So they've got that. Um, and then there's this platform team that are really about driving what's next in terms of the platform, in terms of scalability, availability, and the rest of it. And then we've got you know a, a team that we know that we need to be making ongoing improvements and the day-to-day um, updates as well as I, as I understand it as well. And the tech stack over at uh, Beauty Bay, a little bit different from what you worked with previously, I guess, is it? Yeah, there's some similarities, um, but yeah. Um, the AWS, I assume. Yeah, so very much... AWS focus, um, we're moving stuff from sort of um, legacy to using AWS tech, um, which is really exciting. But yeah, primarily full stack React and Node is the, is the primary uh, tech stack there. Yeah, I've come from a .NET uh, background in terms of um, what I've been doing previously. Um, so yeah, that's the way where it is. In terms of how you led teams previously at, at the lights of Blue Tree and that sort of stuff, um, people that we hired for you and, and people that you uh, that, that you had in your team was probably very highly of you by the way and um, what was your kind of style of leadership the way i've always tried to describe the way that i've, I've led teams is, is try to give them enough rope to to play with but not enough to hang themselves with you know it's very much around trying to make sure the team set up and know what they've got to deliver in terms of the outcome and not necessarily the, the key requirements and it comes back to that where i talked about briefly the mvp of it that value mm-hmm. is it's all about delivering the value at the end of it and not just a requirement so where we've made mis- or have seen mistakes made in the past is you you deliver a requirement which is the minimum viable product mm-hmm. um where it gets the job done to say oh we need to be able to do this feature and that feature works but that feature doesn't actually add the value you need to get to that you know maybe the second iteration or third iteration before you've actually got that that minimum value proposition where you're actually delivering that uh, benefit and value to the customer. And how do you identify what the customer wants in terms of like a value add? 
So I guess the way that I look at it is there are what's the key metric that you're that you're trying to trying to deliver? Is it a conversion metric? Is it a revenue metric? Um, is it an engagement metric? And that you know that hypothesis that you start with is is what you should be trying to deliver out through that value proposition. Okay. And that's when you when you hit that. So it starts with a hypothesis, and then the metrics there to, to, to back it up, um, rather than. I think where we've made where I've made mistakes in the past is just gone. Oh, here's a here's a, here's a feature. We know our customers want it, but we've not really looked at it and gone. This is what the this is what the value that we we think that this is worth to us and deliver that out. And that's when products have failed. Um, so very much what I want to be moving forward into the stuff with Buve is to make sure that we've got you know that value proposition defined. You know what the ROI is on that um, on that product uh, to make sure that we're delivering the right things to the right customers at the right time. Amazing. And to build that, I guess you're going to, you're going to be hiring a lot of people, obviously into your team and beta to, to, to do this. Um, I know you're very, a very humble man, but you know, you, you, you grew a pretty amazing team over at Blue Tree. It was the UK's number one uh, printing company. And you've obviously seen interview processes that have worked, interview processes that perhaps haven't worked. What, are you adopting or have adopted at Beauty Bay and what, what kind of process are you thinking about? Yeah, so I think it all depends upon the level sure. of, of, of the people that were coming and we will be looking at people of, of all levels. Um, what I've, well, I've really seen success is bringing sort of those, you know, junior people through that are really ambitious and, and want to progress and, you know, giving them the tools to progress. Mm-hmm. So I had seen a lot of success with that. Um, but there, then with the more senior roles that, that you need to complement those guys and really bring those in is kind of, I like to do a, a stage, a stage process where they meet a few people in the team, um, very much have one very much around tech, uh, interview one very much around values. And then really at that top level, I like to see how people can present so that, you know, cause it's about how they can show, um, their capability of, 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 you know, presenting out to a team and presenting out what they've done in terms of how they've developed a, a, either a solution or whether or how they've brought in a new technology and had that adopted by the team. Because um, that way you really see the, the, the caliber of candidate. And it's where I've seen some people drop out that where they've got really strong on that first two, but they haven't, you know, they haven't been really at that level for um, the last bit. Um, and that's kind of where we've been able to make sure that we've got the right people in. Um, it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely doesn't make it easy, but I feel like you get the best results that way. I guess if you're trying to hire people that are that have that growth mindset and want to improve and are really passionate about technology, you'd assume they'd have an example of where they've suggested, you know, something that's been onboarded or um, taken on board. Because, and you, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I assume you don't want people who are just going to put their headphones in and not speak to anyone for the whole day. Indeed, I think, like for me, collaboration is key. And and like while the whole remote thing is great, and you know we will definitely look at remote f- first r- roles um, moving forward. Yeah. Um, I want people to be able to come in, collaborate with them, collaborate with you know for maybe three or four days in a week, and then maybe not see them for a, a few days or weeks or you know however long it takes but yeah. then at the moment we need to, to get people together you know i want to be able to get people in an office in a room because nothing beats brainstorming on a whiteboard and, and getting people talking and you know because that's where the ideas bounce off each other and you know you can really see where there are you know solutions that you wouldn't necessarily spot 
because it's a lot harder to do that via uh, a video conference. Yeah, 100%. Because you have all these things now for, like you mentioned whiteboarding there. They have all those things for whiteboarding, for instance, like, um, is it mirror? Mirror? Yeah. The, the, Loads of stuff. Yeah. But it's just not, you want to be able to rub it out of your sleeve, don't you? You want to be yeah. able to rub the marker out. Yeah, only one person can ever really have have, have, have the marker at that time. True. Whereas, whereas if you're all in a room, everyone can have a pen. Yeah, that's true. And everyone can dive on. Yeah, 100%. It's um, it's not the same. So, what are you your remote working policy for Beauty Bay? Then, what are you what, what's it going to be, or what is it? So, Beauty Bay, we're, we're going to operate hybrid working as a as a, yeah. as a standard. That is what the contracts will kind of be. But kind of, we need to look at it on a on a case by case basis. And I feel like we can be remote first, but then also as long as people can make it into the office and are willing to be in the office you know, for a period of time to, you know, for collaboration, you know, the office is there as a resource to use to, to collaborate and come together um, and make sure that we're using it wisely. Um, hopefully I'm not talking out of turn when I say that, <laughs> but that's kind of where I'm hoping that we'll be and, and, and how it will move forward. We're finding when we're speaking to people that a lot of people prefer to have a hybrid. You know, I, I think when, when before COVID happened, everyone was screaming out for remote work and like, please don't work from home, please don't work from home then you were forced to stay indoors for two years. And people were like, can I go back into the office now? And I think that hybrid way of working is just ideal because yeah, like you said, it's tough. I think it's tough to keep a culture if you never see anybody who you're working with. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, definitely. And I think I saw it uh, in previous roles where we struggled to necessarily bring people in and on and through mm. while, and, and they weren't part of the, part of the culture of the business. And, you know, they were just, you know, they were sat in their homes and some, some people, you know, if they weren't outgoing enough to then reach out and, and get hold of people and, you know, you know, pick up the phone, mm. um, or, or, you know, use Skype or whatever it is to, to call someone through, uh, to get the support that they need, they, they could just be sat there suffering in silence and just and not really being able to progress. And I think it, it's making sure that you've got people in, in there that are outgoing enough to, to speak to people and, and push and reach out to people and make sure that they're not just focused on themselves, but focused on the team around them um, to see when someone's struggling or when someone might need that extra support to make sure that they get it. Uh, and whether that's then they go, right, let's go into the office for a couple of days to, yeah. to, you know, to work through a problem or whether it's just to sort of, or whether they do it remotely, as long as they're there reaching out and you know, saying, let's work through this problem together. Um, but that's where I think the hybrid working comes in because you can go, let's go in the office, let's work this through, let's get you up to speed, let's get the, this problem resolved and then move forward. Yeah, definitely. You were talking about kind of scaling the business up and obviously with that comes scaling the systems and making them more robust. I guess, how do you do that without cutting corners? Because by the sounds of it, you're going to scale up pretty quickly and grow pretty quickly. Obviously with that comes concerns around you know, is is software going to be robust enough to deal with it, or you know, whatever? Uh, yeah, how do how do you counteract that? I guess it comes back to that looking at that where we the sort of strategy document that was already put together that we're already reviewing that six months down the line to make sure that it's still going to be right and fit for purpose. Um, it's like the way that I've counteracted it in the past is to make sure you know we've got full scalability of the systems, uh, make sure they're fully fault tolerant um, so that we can scale that up. You know, I've, you know, 
it is microservices and will, will be microservices moving forward is where it's right to do that. There's also a big focus in looking at a serverless as well at Beauty Bay. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting and, and the options around uh, what that can bring. Um, but there's also, for me, that's making sure that we use serverless in the right way uh, and for the right use case and making sure that it's not just, you know, used for everything because it isn't right for everything, um, but making sure we're using it in the right way at the right time. And how about like things like test-driven development? Is that something used as a... Yeah, for me now, that's kind of that's kind of like the standard. Um, you know, um, for, for me, the way I look at testing is kind of there's like a testing triangle where, you know, test-driven development and unit tests, you know, that is something that's run a lot of and fr- frequently and quickly. Um, and then there's the sort of the next level up, whether it's integration tests, contract tests, and then actually, you know, end user testing. You know, that should be the, the very, you know, they take a long time to run uh, and they're very expensive. So therefore they should be run little. Um, and then as you move down that sort of triangle, you get things that are less expensive and quicker and easier to run and therefore should be run more and more regularly. Um, so as long as we, you know, we put all those things in place and make sure that we're um, running them at the right times, um, that's how we should be able to then really push forward and actually uh, improve the speed of development as well. Brilliant. I never, I never heard of that testing. Tra- is, that a, is that a well-known thing or is that just where you think about I can't remember where I've got it from, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> I'm probably in a book somewhere, uh, but I can't remember where it is. But yeah, that's that's kind of how, how it should be. Um, I think in previous iterations of my existence, I've managed to get it to sort of an egg timer because we've done a lot of the sort of manual stuff and a lot of the unit testing and that, that piece in the middle, which is kind of a lot more difficult to set up. But once you've got it set up, it's then a lot quicker and easier to run than uh, sort of the, the manual testing. Brilliant. All right. Okay. One of the things you're really passionate about is driving change within businesses. I mean, you, you, we've discussed it before. Where, where does that passion come from? Why are you so passionate about that? I just like to push things forward. I think it's, it's just the kind of person that I am in terms of I always want to be moving forward and always want to be progressing. I don't like things to get feel stagnant. People want to be pushing forward. People want to do the latest and greatest things. And actually, you know, if you're always looking at what, the techs out there and you know the speed of which you know the likes of aws are releasing things and, and new capabilities you can't afford to be sitting back and on what you've got and you you can't go oh yeah job done complete it mate yeah. it's that's not that's not the way it works that's unfortunately in tech you know it's there is there is always the next iteration so i'm always looking at what the next thing is um and it's not always the technology sometimes it's the process mm-hmm. um you know I've had huge successes in terms of um, changing processes up to fit the team around the way that they needed to work and actually drive um, new thinking into the team because, you know, lots of people think, oh, if I'm working on 10 things, that's great because I'm working on 10 things and then we get 10 things delivered all at once and it's that's counteractive, uh, counterintuitive to the way that it actually, um, actually is. It's like if you work on one thing and deliver one thing, you deliver that one piece of value quicker than you'll try and deliver 10 things all at, mm-hmm. all at once. Um, and whether that's just an, an individual basis or a team basis, you put that focus into that that one area or that one that one piece of development, and then you get that through to, to completion. You, you're seeing that value rather than waiting for this huge um, you know, piece of change to come through and then being like, oh, and then it goes wrong. You're like, well, where did it go wrong in all of this yeah. stuff that we were changing? Whereas if something goes wrong in that one little piece that you're, that you're changing, you're like, that's the, that's the area that we went wrong. That's the mistake. We can quickly, easily roll that back or we can just forward fix it because we know where it is. 
Yeah, that makes complete sense. Even from like a non-tech, it's it, very practical, but at the same time, not something that I've ever thought of before. You're an interesting thinker, Martin. You are. Um, <laughs> what? And and from that, it'd be quite interesting to know. Say you were younger self came in here now. What kind of advice would you give to your younger self? I guess I made what I've done is learn from the mistakes that I've made. Um, and the only thing I would be able to do is give the advice of those mistakes where I tried to deliver too much. You know, I overpromised and under underdelivered occasionally, um, and it was by having too much in flight and and taking too much on. I guess the advice would be make sure you're focused on delivering one thing and one thing well, and then move on to the next, um, rather than where I had been in the past. And, and even quite recently, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've made that mistake of, you know, taking too much on um, and not being able to deliver everything. Um, and therefore, yeah, the advice would be make sure you take on the right amount of work, focus on one or two things and make sure you deliver those well and quickly um, to the right quality and then move on. Stop starting and start finishing. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay, nice one. Um, like it. Um, and I guess last question from me, where where do you see Beauty Bay in the kind of next 12 months or so? Wow. Um, and, and I know that's a tough question because you haven't started yet. Yeah, yeah. But if you, you know, your vision of where you see that, the company. Where I hope is that we will be is, we'll, you know, we'll continue to see um, big growth, um, both within the team and as a business. Um, there'll be a big focus on making things slicker and easier for the end user. Um, so things that we're already looking at, you know, how we do social sign on, um, and pushing us forward that way. Uh, cause very much it's around, you know, that we've got that generation of, of people that want the, the ease and, and stuff. So it's very much around making the beauty bay experience as, as, you know, engaging, uh, and as easy as possible for users to get through and uh, you know, be a place where users want to engage with content and everything that we deliver. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you for coming down. Really, really excited for you to get started at Beauty Bay and I'm excited to see where this kind of next journey takes you, this next chapter in your life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me. It's been fun.